It's episode four. Episode four. Okay. Alright. So let's begin. <laughs> so thank you, Ed, for joining me for episode four. Um, I was supposed to have, I think I told everybody for episode three I was going to have Jeff on, but um, Jeff is apparently at a wedding this weekend, so I won't be able to get him until, I think, until you and then Razor, and then I'm going to get Jeff after. Cool. So yeah, um, you're part of the, uh, one of the guys in the uh, intro of my show, the trailer. Um, yeah, I just, you know, I wanted you to get some, uh, limelight in there. Um, Thanks. yeah, man, I, I think what you do is pretty cool. Um, so, you know, just an introduction, um, you are a writer for Front Proof Media, um, Sure Dog, right? And then you just said two more other ones? Yeah, or? MMA News and My MMA News. Yeah, so you've, you're all over for, yeah. uh, MMA coverage, um, you know, and, and writing pieces on fighters and uh, pretty much just being a great MMA analyst. Like, that's your that's your niche right now. That's like what you're doing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Awesome, man. Um, I actually didn't even know. Um, I think I discovered you um, when I was watching one of the UFC like oh, fight press conference. Press conference. Yeah, 205 press yeah. conference. <laughs> and then you stood yeah. up and you're like, hi, I'm Ed. And I was yeah. like... I was like, wait a second, I know him. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that's crazy. And you're you're like, yeah, I'm from Front Proof Media. And you just started, you know, going on um, and asking your questions. So, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. So I was like, I gotta get Ed, um, you know, on this thing. And um, yeah, so thank you so much for you know doing an episode. Well, thanks with me. for having me. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That's funny because uh, when that happened, so I mean, when you do when you cover anything in, in that aspect, you, you're not. You shouldn't make yourself the spotlight. So mm -hmm. I had no idea that they were shooting the crowd. That's <laughs> how a lot of, a lot of people found out about it. It's funny because like it was not. So, I didn't necessarily want to keep it a secret because you know you get people. Oh, can you get tickets and stuff like that? I didn't want to have to deal with that. Yeah. I mean, thankfully, I never did. But so, but when that happened, it was weird because I did that. I remember that was midweek, and then uh, I went to training, and everybody was, you know. Like, oh, we saw you on TV. And I was just like, and then of course I'm, I'm, I'm worried. I'm like, who saw me on TV? What? What I do? But yeah, that was that was that's definitely a lot of people. That's actually my my Twitter profile photo is from from that uh, uh, that was a 205. I think that was a 205 ticket sale announcement oh, presser okay. that was yes. right in the theater, Madison Square Garden. Yeah, wow. That was which one was that? Uh, Chris Weidman. Was Chris Weidman was there. Uh, that was 205. So Weidman was there. Connor was there. That's oh, it was a, a big one. That's that where the, huge who, who the who the who the is that guy? That's where that happened. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, you are now BJJ black belt. Uh, you got your black belt from Brian. Um, how long ago? I think September nineteenth. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I know you've you've told me that you've had a tremendous like just studying in, in martial arts since you were a kid uh you have a pretty big background in martial arts um what I, what i guess the first question i'd like to get into is what got you into martial arts like what is the first um what's like that that spark like what got you into it it's cliche but it's 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 common with my generation but you know growing up in the, in the, in the as a child of the 80s 
you watch a lot of Bruce Lee movies, so everybody wanted to be Bruce Lee. So I was, I forgot how, I forget how young I was, but my dad, I started Taekwondo when I was like uh, six or seven years old. And uh, my father had his own business, so I mean, it, it, you know, when you're a kid and your parents put you in something, you really don't have the choice of, of how I'm going to get there. Either they're going to keep bringing you or they're going to stop bringing you. And my dad running his own business, it, it got to the point that it was just like, it's funny as we just drove, pa I just drove past the place, it's, it's still there. Well, where is it? The YB Choi's. Oh, YB yeah. Choi, that's yeah. so funny. Sung, yeah. you know, Sung and Ella, they went there before they came yeah. over. Yeah, <laughs> but like, I'm talking like I went there as a little kid. Oh, wow. And I liked going there. You know, I, I, I knew right away that I loved martial arts. But, uh, you know, my father was like, it's, it's, it was getting expensive. And he's like, I can't make the driving. You know, I have the business because he was, you know, he's, he, he hasn't worked for anyone most of his adult life when he opened the restaurant business. So he was just like, you know, I can't, I can't keep bringing you there. So, but I knew I wanted to do it. So as soon as I started making a little bit of my own money, I was 16 years old and uh, I was working in the restaurant, but uh, you know I had the days that I could do stuff. I started kickboxing in high school because mm. I was like, I'm gonna, I, I like martial arts. I'm gonna do it. So, and I and I stuck with kickboxing, and it's it's so hard to find a good place to train because the kickboxing guy, uh, I won't name names because I don't want anybody to get upset, but he was the first person that told me, oh, this is the closest you're gonna get. It was American style kickboxing, like mm -hmm. like Bill Wallace. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And uh, super foot. He said. Uh, this is the closest you're going to get to real fighting. And I, of course I believed him and it was a good experience for me. It's where I got, that's where I got my first licks. That's where I got, I got to feel what it felt like to get beat up and stuff. But he also kind of used us like, um, I remember I was only there like three months and he used to put on these little exhibitions in town, in the town I grew up in, in Perth Amboy. Um, he had a, he had a really big location. I liked this, the space of the school, but, uh, he put on these exhibitions where he would have us teenagers, he would charge two bucks at the door, people would come in and sit down and watch us, not that, you know, we weren't even novices, just pound on each other, and he was sitting there making the money. So I still liked it, but uh, when I got to college, uh, he, he, he had trouble keeping his place open, so he moved around enough to the point that he couldn't keep a place open anymore, and then I was left without a place to train. So when I got to college, I did some Aikido, because a friend of mine wanted to do it, and he found it, and then there was a. Uh, How uh, was that? Was were you like flipping dudes by their wrists and stuff? Yeah, yeah. No, there's actually some good wrist locks. It's actually it's funny, you know. I don't think I don't think people should knock mar any martial art. I mean, because it's better it's better to train in something than do nothing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So there's things in it actually, like the windshield wiper pass that that you know I like to do that. Yeah. Like that that they call that knee walking in Aikido Shiko. It's mm. the same movement almost. And then uh, when uh, when I defend a, a choke from the back, uh, I do a, one. I do a, the the I turn the palm out. That's I got that from Aikido. Oh wow! So I turn it out and kind of hand their hand back to them. It makes them do this. Mm -hmm. So um, and it's uncomfortable. So it kind of makes the guy shoo away from me. Gives you space to escape. Yeah. So I've been in it. <laughs> <laughs> so so I do stuff. Uh, 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 you can pick up something from every martial art. But anyway, so Aikido was in college and then. When I moved out of my parents' house, I was really poor. I didn't have a lot of money, so I, I, there was four years I couldn't train. So when I finally got my my, my feet on the ground again, um, I was uh, I was working at at, at uh, the county college, and I met a uh, this guy that was uh, Ishinru. He was a brown belt in Ishinru karate, and um, 
we had a, a like a point fighting team at that college that I used to. I, I wanted. How, to how many years is this? Like, this what, is like what is this? A long time ago. This is more than eighteen years, nineteen, twenty years. Like ago. what uh, year would you say? Like the early like early two thousand, late nineties, maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No, it's late, early two thousand for sure. Um, but anyway, he uh, he didn't train. He came to the to the practice, but he never did any point fighting. I saw him spar with some guy and knock a dude out, and I was like, I was like, damn, this point fight, I want to do that. <laughs> so I, I started training with him, and he and I got friendly, and he was like, well, come train with me in Highland Park, and I and I trained there for eleven years. Wow. Uh, I got a brown belt in Nishinru. I mean, he was eventually. I mean, he obviously got his black belt, um, but uh, like traditional Okinawan karate can be really bad on your joints and stuff mm-hmm. as you get old. So that's why I didn't stick with it. But during that time, to like when I when I was like a green belt. Purple belt in karate is when I started doing jujitsu. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because when I, when I got my blue belt, I got my brown belt in, in the Ishin Roost. That's what I was still doing both, because I thought I was gonna fight and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, it's definitely uh, it was a long journey. So yeah, I did some stick fighting too in between because we used to get uh, people come in and do seminars at the karate school. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Which um, I know there's a couple of things like Eskrima, um, Kali. Yeah, Arnis. Uh, yeah, that's the one I did. Okay, uh, but then there's there's different like like there's different branches of each one. Mm-hmm. Like there's families that have their own disciplines. Yeah, yeah. So, but uh, so I picked up a lot of stuff over the years. But just jujitsu is definitely the, obviously the one that uh, I just it's there's adaptability to it. Mm-hmm. You know, like like you always hear people you can make your jujitsu, and uh, that's one thing I think that makes it unique from other martial arts. So that's what got me. You know, long story. Too long already, but <laughs> yeah, that's how I got into it, and that's why I stick with it and all the stuff I've done. Yeah, I actually um, was interested in in the stick or knife fighting, but it's just it's really hard to find like a like a place that you, you know, like it's just it's not as easy as you you know looking for a jujitsu place. Yeah, I did try to find one, and it was like it was very difficult. And and it's still I mean I to go in it it was very weird so I just kind of left it alone I yeah. was like I'll have some uh, maybe eventually some uh, somebody from the gym that's um, trained in weapon uh, can help me out you know at some point but yeah we have I mean we have so many guys at the gym that do all types of crazy stuff yeah so somebody's bound to pick up <laughs> night fighting I actually have them in the trunk all I keep them oh, in you my do? trunk yeah oh wow, that's awesome. Um, so in terms, so you've, you know, had gathered all of this experience, um, which would you say would be most effective in like a combat self-defense situation? I mean, the, I think to mentally prepare your mind for, to, to handle like fighting and having to defend yourself in the street Jiu-Jitsu gives you that almost right away. Mm-hmm. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu gives you that with the live training right away. You know, because, uh, I mean, there's there's forms in kata and stuff, but, like, live sparring, which is why I stayed with Ishinru Karate for so long, because my instructor was a big advocate of, of sparring, and mm-hmm. he did takedowns and, and ground and pound and all that stuff. Um, he was a really rough guy. Mike Toff can tell you about him. <laughs> um, Gary Pinicello is my sensei's name in karate, so I, I was already kind of, like, used to, to the live training aspect but um, as he got older, he wasn't teaching as much. The classes got lighter. That's what kind of made me gravitate more towards jujitsu because you're not gonna. The only way to get your, the only way to know how to handle yourself, if God forbid, you have to use the stuff to defend yourself, 
is by training your mind to be aware of your surroundings and stuff like that. Yeah. So, you know, because you can do forms and you can rehearse movements and stuff, but if you don't feel that pressure or the threat of, of getting choked or, or a, a locker or something, you're not going to, you're not going to react right. You know, you, you're going to, you're, you know, uh, my sensei once said, you know, he talked about people t doing gun disarms and, <laughs> and he was like, yeah, he's like, you know what happens? You can practice all these moves and do it. But he's like, but when you hear the deafening sound a gun makes, you will forget that in that instant. Oh yeah. 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 So, I mean, so that whole idea is what, what I think, that's why I think Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is probably the best thing for folks to do. If even if, especially for self-defense, actually, you know, because no, you're not going to get that type of pressure. Big. I mean, how many times you and I roll with dudes bigger than us? Yeah, you yeah. Know? It's like every day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, uh, it's definitely something that uh, I'm glad it's getting as popular as it is now. Mm -hmm. You know, because there's still a lot of jokers out there showing nonsense. I know you and I have yeah. <laughs> talked about that at length. Yeah, I think uh, that's. I mean, yeah, it's it's good that you mentioned that. I think when it comes to you know the self-defense aspect i mean there's a lot of it in jiu-jitsu that that can get you in a lot of trouble as well mm -hmm. you know um i know you know you, you walk around with like a purple belt or a blue belt or whatever um you can almost feel like you're invincible mm -hmm. but man some guys they just have that knockout power it just, just takes one good swing and you're out you know so but i, I think what is um what is important is that life uh aspect to it yeah there's not many martial arts where you're you're constant you know you have to roll or live or you have to fight live so when it comes to i guess getting that taste of that real um you know situational fighting mm -hmm. you need to do a martial art that actually has real life yeah you know so probably something like muay thai where you're you know sparring or jujitsu where you're rolling and doing grappling or you know MMA, which is you know, which is a combination of everything. But um, I'm a big advocate for boxing as well. I think having good hands, yeah, you know, that's yeah. that's always a very plus, big plus. You know, when it comes to um, getting into a fight. But, yeah. um And wrestling. I mean, you fight a wrestler, you're gonna die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Definitely. You do a double leg and just slam you on the concrete. So. Um, yeah. So yeah. Th thanks for sharing your uh, input on that. Um, and you did mention that you were, you know, throughout your life, you've gone through a lot of like ups and, you know, big downs. Um, you know, I think a, a big thing in my show that I want to get at is the importance of martial arts in people's lives, mm -hmm. right? Um, you being someone that has gone through a lot, you know, in your life, I don't know if you want to share those things or not, but, um, you know, how important has martial arts been to for you through those really you know tough times and that you know um, yeah you know pretty much you know those dark 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 well, times. Like, i mean if if i didn't have martial arts i'd probably dive into a bottle or do whatever the you know stereotypical things latinos do when, <laughs> when they're de de depressed or whatever but martial arts has been an absolute i mean it's the rock it's it's everything i mean i i i actually when the worst things happened to me, I, I learned early. It was actually Brian was one of one of the times when I was a blue belt. I remember I was going through some stuff because uh, I used to have anger issues and stuff like that. And uh, I was going through some stuff, and and uh, I remember I sat down with Brian and I talked with him about it, and he was just like, you know, you can't you can't let that control you like that. I mean, if if you have that energy to get that angry, then 
you need to train more. Yeah, Brian's right. our coach, by the way, for those that don't know, but keep yeah. going. Um, so he, when he said that to me, ever since that happened, anything, anytime I was down or, or if you see me a lot, there's probably something bothering me. Yeah, yeah, or it's, yeah. Or it's nice out in the summertime, <laughs> you know what I mean? But either way, there's always a positive thing. And I, I never, Brian said, we were talking about this earlier today when we trained this morning, me and Nate. Uh, he said something the other day when he left on a Wednesday night. He's like, Ed loves it here because, you know, I'm always like hanging out, still doing exercise and stuff. Yeah. Because it's almost like, even when we're not rolling, just being in the academy, it's like med meditating. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's like a zen yeah. uh, atmosphere. So if I didn't have, if I didn't have, I, I, it's it's the most constructive thing you could do. You know, even even when you feel good, when you feel bad, especially when you feel bad. The, the, going to Going to train has been such a... Especially with all the stuff I've been through, man. It's just uh, even the recent stuff with the breakup and living by myself and being almost homeless again mm -hmm. for that little nine, ten months when I was looking for a place. I was still training a lot. Yeah. And um, I mean, I tore my pec. I remember because I was because <laughs> I was distracted. I remember I came in early. That's how I tore my pec. I mean, it, I didn't even know. I, I didn't know. Yeah, I came in. It was in the morning, and when I tore my pec, I was trying to do a move, and I tried to muscle it because my mind was somewhere else. It was you know it was early in the morning, and I was still thinking about stuff. Um, but, uh, it just, you know, it just reminded me like, you know, you leave that outside. You should have, you should have yeah. been there and focus. Yeah. So that's why it's definitely, I mean, it, I always tell people like, even if, even if they can't find you, I'm like, well, what's around you do that, whatever it is, do that. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, I know for myself, um, you know, I, w I went through a lot of stuff back in my twenties. Um, and I think I started training back in May 2010. Uh, I went through this, it's a very similar thing, like a terrible uh, relationship thing. And um, yeah, I went through, you know, bouts of like depression and suicide yeah. and stuff like that. And um, I, you know, I started training with Brian. Um, and, you know, it was so crazy, man, because like, at the time, you know, I was getting like, I needed to get counseling, you know. Um, yeah, I've been there. I mean, dude, I, I needed it, man. I, I mean, that, you know, honestly, that guy, um, his name is Bruce. He, he was the one that counseled me. There's like, I, I put my life on three things that, you know, if, if they weren't there at that time, I probably would have done something really stupid. Yeah. But um, that's definitely, you know, uh, my relationship with God, um, the church, well, four things, uh, the, the, the counselor. Bruce and um, Brian, he was the MMA. They all had a piece, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and if any piece was missing, I think I would have still had some sort of, um, you know, thing that was falling apart, yeah. you know? But the MMA and the martial arts, like, the, 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 I needed to fight, man. I needed to compete and, like, get myself, yeah. um, like, a complete change, you know? And I was like, coming in overweight and you know depressed and all this yeah. stuff and you know in a, in a lot many ways brian legit saved my life you know and, oh yeah and the academy the academy like the relationships in the gym um a lot of the guys they don't realize how important they've been you know and you know you think it's like oh yeah we're just you know coming in a gym and just and training breaking balls but, and training yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but it's more it's so yeah, much more than that it man is. it's like a, it's a family man and you know like a lot of us are going through stuff. We don't yeah. even think about it. Like, you know, we see people coming in some you know, people have bad attitudes and yeah. stuff. But man, we're there and just just the fact that we could 
sharpen each other and, and you know, talk and yeah. kind of just hang out. It, it's it's just a way to get away from our... Um, it's like getting a vacation for like an hour mm-hmm. or two, you know, yeah. from your day-to-day, you know, It's the high, the high point of my week every week, every time I yeah. go. I mean, that's why I try to go as much as I can when I have free time, like with my summer hours and stuff. I mean, yeah. Now it's four times a week, so it's... it's and I, I'm always in a better mood in the summer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Same here, man. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, martial arts is very important. <laughs> so, you know, for those of you out there that are listening in, um, yeah, if you're going through stuff, um, I highly recommend, Ed highly recommends, finding some sort of uh, martial art um you know that that is that's really helpful for your brain. I mean, you gotta you gotta really feel the place out because a lot of places can be very like macho. And, yeah, and those you know. that's, those are the bad places. When uh when I uh when I was going when I did therapy for for anger management for a little over a year, and I read a book. Uh, Thomas J. Harbin's the author. I think it's called Living with Anger or something like that. I forget mm-hmm. the name, of the, but that's the author. And uh, one of the things in the book that bothered me actually was like actually advised against doing uh, any type of combat sports training. Mm-hmm. And I remember this was given to me by the therapist. So when I went back, I said, listen, I disagree with yeah. that a thousand percent. And he was like, why? <laughs> and he's, he read the thing. And I remember the sentence said, because it's because you're rehearsing violence and violent <laughs> action. And I'm like, that's not how I view it. You know, yeah. I, I'm doing I'm doing these things so that I don't do them. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So that I don't do them without thinking about them. I'm doing these things in, in a, in a in an environment where I'm taught the, the what the outcome of doing this stuff is, you know, and 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 with people that know how to let me know they're safe and I know how to do it safely. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I completely disagreed with that. And when I explained it to him, he agreed with me too. So uh, uh, I don't know if he like passed that on to other people he was seeing or yeah, whatever, yeah. but. That's one thing that actually, that's why I remember that author's name because I was like, that's, you don't know what you're talking about, dude. <laughs> that's funny because my counselor was like, oh, yeah, you definitely need to do that. Yeah. Like, you, need, you got some, you know, demons inside that you need to get out. He was like, just, he's like, find something that you really love to do and just put all your, you know, time and uh, energy into it. And that's what I did. Yeah. So, yeah, find a, find a good spot that's, um, that's a good community, you know, uh, a martial arts place that has a, a very strong community. Um, we both recommend that. So the next thing I want to get into is how, so I don't know too many people that write in general for newspapers, or, you know, mm. just journalists. Yeah. I, I actually, I, well, I, no, that's a lie. I have one friend who works for CNN, but he, he doesn't really write pieces or do reports. He's more on the back end side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but somebody that actually covers news and stuff like that. I have no idea about that world. I don't know how to get into it. I don't know how how you even got into it. Like, um, how did you how did you even get into that arena? Like, this this is like a whole different world. Everybody wants to be a fighter, but like you were like, I want to cover this stuff, you know? Yeah, and when you're training and stuff, you don't think that you could you take everything that you know. Think about every time you're watching, like when you watch the fights with your friends and stuff that don't train. You, you, you see things that they're not seeing. Oh, you know? absolutely. So, um, that's been me for years because I've always, I mean, I, I've, I've followed that sport forever. I followed boxing for a long time. And um, it was just, uh, so, oddly enough, so when I, when I got my bachelor's degree, um, I was just messing around on, on Twitter and I saw a friend's tweet 
somebody I know, that, a guy that play, he plays in a band, and, and uh, but he's also a hardcore soccer guy. Mm. So I saw him tweet something like, oh, check out my latest for Red Bulls or something. So I said to him, I was like, how'd you get into that? And he's like, oh, you know, I actually meant to talk to you about it. We need people to do MMA. And I know, and I know you know a lot about martial arts and stuff. Would you be interested in doing it? So I was like, yeah, sure. And, th and that's how I got into it. It was for a Canadian website. And he, the funny, this is, this is a, I'm glad we're recording this because I love telling this story. <laughs> so I won't wait. I, I don't like bad-mouthing people, so I won't name the website. <laughs> so they brought me in. It's, it's going to be funny because you know the current landscape of the sport now. Mm -hmm. So they brought me in, and um, and I like, for, for the people listening, I like the sport of mixed martial arts. I don't favor any one promotion. I like the entire sport. Yep. From ACB in Russia to Bellator to the Pro Fight League that's the, they're doing the rebranding starting soon. Um, you know, people are right away think of the UFC, but it's bigger than that. Yeah. So these people... I was sending them stuff on Bellator. It was before Scott Coker took over. Mm. Um, and I'm writing all these articles about what's going on. And then uh, I remember it was funny. It was like the night before Thanksgiving. And in the middle of the night, they sent me this email like, you know, thanks for your work. You know, bye. Like, they fired me. Wow. And I was like, whoa. I was like, I was only here for like 90 days. What, what did I do wrong? Yeah. So I was still in touch with my editor. I contacted him. And he didn't even know about it. He's like, you do great work. What, what, what's the problem? And then he got back to me, and they said, he's like, yeah, they, they, don't, they don't want you because you don't cover the UFC enough. Mm. And I was like, huh, all right. Why? But I knew I liked doing it. So one thing uh, keeping up with a, a, a martial art taught me was, like, don't, don't quit because somebody tells you they don't want you. You keep going. So I went out. I was already using Twitter because the Twitter's, like, really, if, you're, if you want to know about MMA... The social media channel you should be using is Twitter. Yeah, it's really big on on Twitter. So anyway, so I was just like, all right. I went looking at other sites coming up, and some site called uh, Page Two Sports in California was looking to start covering combat sports more, and um, they brought me on as a contributor. Uh, I had an editor that made me take some AP like online AP writing classes to oh, clean okay. up my writing. She actually paid for them because she had faith in me, mm. and. Uh, and then I wound up over time. I wound I wound up being the editor of the MMA channel for that site for a while, and, and through them is when I got my first credential for a Bellator event in uh, Mohegan Sun, Connecticut. I forget which one. Uh, it was uh, it was the first event under Scott Coker. Mm. Um, wow. Yeah, because I covered I covered like the whole transition and stuff, and and uh, I had just applied for it. They told me how to apply, and I and that's how I got credentialed. But so I got into it, you know, just by somebody else talking to me about it. And it's rough, though, because, like, you have to, you know, sometimes you have to write for free. Sometimes you have to, uh, you know, give up a lot of your time. Like anything else, what you put in is what you get out. Yeah. So I did a lot of uh, stuff for free, and then I started picking up uh, traction of, because I did analysis, because I trained, you know, I saw things differently. And then uh, just talking with other people in the business finding out so many people do the same thing and uh but that's how i got into it and then over time uh like we you just mentioned it when we started the 205 presser that's when people started putting uh, a name with the face because I, yeah. I used to actually have some weird avatar because i didn't want people <laughs> to know i did this yeah so i had that weird avatar and they're like oh now we know what my, my twitter handle's at carbazel and so oh now we know what carbazel looks like and they're putting it on twitter and i'm like holy cow like all right so then uh 
uh, other websites started like, you know, would you like to contribute? And I said, sure. And then slowly, slowly they started paying for content. And, uh, and when I got in with SureDog, uh, actually the, they're owned by Crave Online Media. And uh, their, their, their head of content reached out to me on LinkedIn. Mm. He's like, I've been following you. I read your stuff. We'd like you to contribute and uh, do uh, opinion pieces, which was weird because it was like against what I took in those classes. <laughs> but they're like, we'd like you to do your opinion pieces. Just go free with it. And, uh, you know, uh, they said something about uh, I have like a unique voice and unique followers and stuff like that. So, and it's been working out. So, yeah, that's how I got into it. Dude, that's crazy. Um, yeah, I guess all the, it was like a domino effect. Everything just lined up. And once you, you know, hit the first one, it just kept going. So, this is. Oh, but I didn't, the funniest part is, is that, so that first site that dropped me, to this day, they send me messages private message on Twitter, we're sorry, come <laughs> back, would you come back, and, and I just ignore it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah some, hey man, <laughs> you missed out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just ignore it, it because it I'm busy enough, and they weren't paying me, mm -hmm. but like, you know, I, these other sites pay me, so I'm just like, yeah, I mean, like, I'll come back, throw, you know, show me some numbers, I'll come back, but, <laughs> but uh, like I said, I won't name them because they're still around, but, and they still suck. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. So, were you always a writer? Like, did you like writing growing up? Or, or was this something that um, you wanted to, you know, get deeper into MMA uh, and, and, you know, maybe martial arts? Maybe that was your avenue of getting deeper into it. Or was it, you know, something that you wanted to mix your writing with it? Like, how, how did that play a part in terms I mean, of your writing? I, like I said, the way I fell into it, somebody, some, I've always, like, even sitting with people before I got into it, they were like, oh, you know, aren't you going to fight? You know, I, I, I competed in a grappler's quest when I was, like, a, 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 over at Chris Bros before I switched to Brian's. Oh, I didn't know you trained at Chris's. Yeah, that's where I started. That's funny, yeah. That photo, there's an old photo of, of Brian as a blue belt and me as a white belt that was taken at Chris Bros' school. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah, so, um, but, yeah, so when I, I, I was there, people were just like, oh, you know, you, you, you know you, you're competing and you and you do martial arts, you ever think about fighting, you ever think about fighting, and obviously you can age out of thinking about fighting, like, you know, there's a time when you're thinking about it, if you don't do it, and you're sitting around thinking about it, it's not going to happen yep. for you, but there's other ways to do it, so when that guy that did the soccer thing mentioned that to me, I said, sure, because I always have something to say when people talk about fights, I've always mm -hmm. been, like, long-winded about it when we have the conversations. You have a lot of knowledge, every yeah. time I talk to you, you have a deep knowledge of it. So, and, and the other thing is, like, there's so, there's... Angelo Reyes, he's Frank Mir's striking coach. He and I, I interviewed him a couple of weeks, like two months ago, right before Frank Mir fought. And we were, when we were talking, he said something about about people that contribute to the sport that I found to be true. He's like, MMA is the only sport that I see people where negativity is, it's a popular thing to do to bash mm. the sport and the fighters and, and say things. And that's when he reached, he's like, we're actually friends now. We, we talk regularly. Um... And uh, he he had a he, he trains more than Frank Mir. Anna Hulatan, who just retired, she fought Heather Hardy in February at Mohegan Sun. And if you watch that fight, they got booed both of them. Oh, yeah. So I wrote a piece that I was it was a positive piece that it was kind of just saying like, listen, these two ladies they both do boxing and MMA, and they do it just because they want to do it. There's no they don't fight about money or contracts or anything. There's no long winded. There's no press tour. They both agree, let's fight in MMA, and then let's fight again in boxing. 
like who we don't care who watches yeah so that was the whole point of my article and that's he reached out to me on twitter and and, and that's how he and i made friends but stuff like that that's i like to write positive because i noticed the negative trend mm. and and uh there's a guy there's a self-help guy that james altoucher that I, I listen to his podcast he's um he does like a choose yourself a series of books so i've read his books and i listen to his podcast and uh i actually found out about him through ice ice cubes i'm sorry ice t's podcast <laughs> ice t's podcast where he said uh you know the message of his whole his books is pretty much you're not gonna you're not gonna be successful by being greedy and underhanded and negative if you do right and you do right for other people the success will come don't don't sit there and expect it mm. but just be good about it and like other writers like Dwayne finley he he created flow combat um and uh james lynch who does a lot of video interviews like all these guys are just they're, they're not there to to throw shade on anything or anyone yeah. they're, they're they're just to get these fighters stories out there because you know with the they don't make money like the way boxers make money so they need the exposure and when you think about what a, what a competitive martial artist gives up to to follow that life i mean you you know you, you have to treat it like a job yep. and you might not make that much money so they deserve they deserve someone to to vo be a voice for them because they're too busy training to, to yeah, do it for themselves. Absolutely. So. Um, so, I mean, just from hearing you talk about, um, you know, these these athletes and and kind of following them, you know, in a sense where you've watched so many fights, you've watched, um, you know, many people come up. You know a lot of careers uh you've probably seen a lot of guys that were nobodies and now are you know big time yeah um you know and i guess I'll, just picking your brain you know in your opinion seeing all of these fighters throughout you know the time you've been watching who who've been your favorites like who've been somebody you you love to watch um you enjoy all every single time um you know, you don't have any ill will or whatever negativity towards, you know. There's a I mean, outside of the big names that people know, but one one that stands out to me because I, I actually, uh, I find myself defending him often, <laughs> uh, especially when he switched over to Bellator, Benson Henderson. Oh, wow, okay. Because he, uh, he fights smart, you know, he's protecting his brain, like, and some of, some of the things he does is not necessarily, like, great TV, so he gets booed and he'll lose a decision or whatever but you know he's still healthy and he, and he can compete outside of mma you know he does all his grappling tournaments and stuff so i, I like him a lot and he's a positive guy too he yeah. i mean and especially when he when he was racking up losses you know you could tell he was struggling with it but um i like him i like dominic cruz for for the same reason because dominic cruz is somebody that that has been public recently about about dealing with depression and stuff yeah um and how martial arts helped him through that um, Roger Huerta is just somebody that's that I found to be uh, athletically gifted. Yeah, you know, like he he's in uh, Tiger now, right? Tiger Muay Thai. I think so. Yeah. I think he's training there now. He but he's he's signed. I think he's got a three three fight contract or a six fight contract with Bellator now. Oh, with Bellator. Oh, I yeah. Didn't know that. He fought he fought in one FC for a little while, then he kind of disappeared, mm. and he made the comeback as an alternate, and and, and he's obviously like still trying to. I mean, yeah. he's got he's not old. He's got time to, to put in in the sport. Yeah, he was. I think he was known as like one of the most good-looking guys in MMA. Or but he was also <laughs> he also did things that other fighters didn't think about doing. There, I forget who he was fighting. It was in the UFC, 
and he used the cameras to his advantage. I don't know if you remember oh, that fight. No. Mm. Somebody had his back and, uh, you know, around his waist, and Huerta angled the guy, looked up at the arena camera to see where the guy was so he could elbow him Dude, in the head. Dude, that's nuts. Yeah. Wow. So he was one of these guys that was, like, you know, ahead of where everyone else was. Yeah. You know, like, I remember... I mean, I think he's like a purple or brown belt now, but he back then he was beating black belts in jiu-jitsu yeah. in the cage. Um, and I remember he said that he was humble about it, but he was kind of like, he's like, yeah, well, I mean, but how do you feel about beating black belt? He's like, yeah, well, he's like, I mean, no disrespect, but this is not jiu-jitsu, you know? And uh, he was just kind of, his mind was ahead of the game. And I don't know what happened. I guess he just made some weird, uh, some, some, he made moves outside of, what people were expecting him to do, yeah. Or when it when he was done with the UFC and he went to one, like not too many people know about one. We know about it because we we follow martial arts, mm -hmm. but there's people that don't know about one FC still and, and yeah. how big they really are. It's a great promotion. It is. They have some nutty. Their app. Things. They just actually made a new app. I don't know if you checked it out. You can watch the stuff on your phone now. Oh, that's nuts. Yeah, and yeah, I know really they have the, the ref the refs um, view yeah. right where he puts a GoPro on. Yeah, and then you you're literally in the cage with the ref. Yeah, I think Pro Fight League is going to do that, too, because they okay. did that when they were still... Uh, for people that don't know, Pro Fight League used to be World Series of Fighting. They're just oh, rebranding. Oh, that's what that is. Oh, I don't yeah. know that. Okay. They're rebranding, and they're pretty much doing the tournament format, kind of like what Bellator used to do mm -hmm. when Bjorn Rebney ran it. But the um, first prize is like 10 mil, right? Yeah, like he, it'll be, it'll, and it'll be granted at the end of the tournament season, which is going to be like the end of this year. That's like that movie Warrior. <laughs> yeah, that's actually what I said to Nate when we were talking about oh, that's it. that's funny. Yeah. It's just like the movie Warrior. And their first event soon, June 7th at the Garden. I got, I got my credential for that today. Oh, that's awesome. So I'll be covering it. I'll be covering uh, when they're in New York. And they're going to Atlantic City in August, uh, Washington, D.C. in July. So I'm, I'll be following them around. Yeah. Um, who would you say were the greatest of all time? There's a lot. I mean, you know, pound for pound. It's, it's hard to... It's hard to answer that because when you when you when you look at what the statement, you know, time is still going on. So there's, there's someone else is going to be going oh, on. But within our within the time that I've been watching, I mean, it's it's like, and my, my I have a podcast that I do as well called a uh, Coast to Coast Combat Hour. It's mm -hmm. with a guy on the West Coast named Matt Hawkins. Okay. So it, you know he's in Cali and I'm here on the East Coast in Jersey. But he's a real hardcore Fedor Emelianenko fan. Uh -huh. So it's hard for me to say that because he kind of makes me not want to say it. But I did like <laughs> Fedor for a while. Um, of all, I mean, I'm, I'm partial to Boss Rutan from mm. the Pioneer era. Yeah. Uh, because he's the first guy that, that explored. I mean, he was, he was a Kyokushin karate guy. He stepped mm -hmm. out of his comfort zone. Came here to learn grappling and wrestling and stuff, and picked picked up as he as he was fighting in Pancrase. Yeah, submissions that he used. Dude, often. Boss is a legend. Yeah, so the man. him, he's one of them uh, for sure. And then, um, but like, you can't not say John Jones because of his. He's just naturally gifted, even despite uh, yeah, all his trouble. As much as you don't like him, man. yeah, you can't. I mean, Dude. outside of fighting, he's obviously a horrible person. But but the talent that he has. Or not a horrible person. We don't know what type of person he is, but whatever. He keeps making mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. Mm -hmm. So, but uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, got those guys, I would say, definitely the top. Uh, and Daniel Cormier, too, because he's just a, a lifelong competitor. He's an Olympian. And uh, he's also, like, a, a positive individual. You know what I mean? Like, he's just one of these guys that... that that shows you it's okay. It's okay to, to when you... It's okay to cry when you lose because that's just... You, you earn that... You earn that pain... Yeah. Because of you, the passion you you had for whatever it is you lost. Yeah, man. So, 
Absolutely. Um, I think something that a lot of people don't uh, connect with when it comes to watching, you know, almost kind of like watching stars, you know, whether whether it's within MMA or um, another sport or whatever, but it, it's it's careers, mm. right? Like, I well maybe maybe in other sports, team sports, you tend to follow a person's career, but in MMA, it's very it can be very finicky. The fans, um, where you have your average, oh, yeah. you know, it's yeah. like. Oh, he's he's my favorite, and then the next day is like he sucks, you know. Yeah. Um, and the and belts get passed around quite often. It's you don't you don't get too many guys that hold the belt for a long time, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, you get somebody like GSP, but that's very you know few and far between. Yeah. Uh, and you know someone like Anderson, um, but you've watched all these guys. You've watched um, people come up. Um, in terms of career-wise, right? Who would you say has the most successful career? As a as a someone that's fought in MMA, but you know, still doing well today. I mean, it, when you yeah, if you're measuring success by longevity or, or money, I, it, that's a difficult question because like a lot of people, obviously, Conor McGregor did a lot for the sport. And he, he just bought a, a, a Spanish villa today, I saw. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just like, I mean, obviously, he, he he's somebody that was on welfare, and now he's buying villas. So that, I mean, but he's also throwing stuff at buses. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, that's my own could be like the next Mike Tyson. Yeah, yeah. well, that's it. Though. I have a theory about that. Like, I think if you... If you get success too fast and you're too young, John Jones is another example. He was 21. You don't know he, what to do with it, man. Yeah, it's like they, it, it, it almost make it almost drives them crazy. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, but then there's people that didn't like you just mentioned George St. Pierre. I mean, he's always had a he's always been uh, he's one of the first guys that started wearing suits and stuff to press conferences in MMA. Mm-hmm. You know, all the guys used to wear a tap out shirts and stuff like that, and he was showing up in a suit to say, "Look, this is this is a profession." And this is my career, and we have to treat it like that. And now, yeah. now other guys do it. So, um, but uh, I mean, right now, I, but then you got to look at guys like uh, that that just kept it real, like Michael Bisping. You know, like, yeah, like yeah. he's an analyst too. Mm-hmm. He does all right for himself. He's he's got his own uh, uh, fantasy sports thing going on. Yeah. He's, he's got side. Pr- he's already he's preparing. <laughs> he's, yeah, but that's yeah. the whole thing. Like you have to, you have to be aware of your of of the time. I mean, I think they, the fighters should be aware of the time they have to put in, and start looking, uh, you know, rather than like 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 uh, like a lot of old school boxers did. They made all this money and they threw it all away. But like now, it looks like they learned, like they they taught the younger generations yeah. to make these investments. Like I me, mean, McGregor's doing his production company and stuff. Yeah, he's spending money like crazy, but he's also trying to do other things with clothing lines and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I think I think uh, guys like that are are a good. They're they're a good template for people to follow for success. The George St. Pierre, yeah. Conor McGregor, um, and uh, who else is doing that? I mean, even Al Atkins is doing it. He's using his MMA platform now for to do his uh, his uh, re- uh, you know selling houses and stuff in <laughs> Long Island. But yeah. he's using it, you know. Yeah. So and then you could always do like Frank Trigg's a ref now. Go with people. Oh look at Frank Trigg and he's refing. Mm-hmm. You know he fought. He's he, him and Matt Hughes had, are in the Hall of Fame for their fight that they had at what is that 97 UFC 97 yeah, was, something yeah. like that yeah. so yeah I, I think just following the the moves that they make outside of fighting is a good uh, platform to, to say someone's successful so those guys are successful to me yeah I think what I wanted to get at was 
because um, you know my show is about like guidance for mm-hmm. the younger generation or even you know anybody just struggling but um I think you know what I was trying to get at was since you followed all these guys you've seen a lot of careers successful careers and a lot of failed careers right um and you just mentioned a you know bunch of guys that have good templates to follow mm-hmm. um within people's careers I mean we see tons of drama right I think yeah. I think and I think you get even a deeper scoop because you're actually covering this stuff yeah so like for all these guys you know i mean how many guys come into the gym and be like hey i want to be an mma fighter you know like they have no idea (laughs) you know yeah um they don't know they have no idea what it takes they have no idea how much discipline is required they have no idea how much politics is going on um how what well what type of advice would you give them what are some things that you would tell um as somebody that's watching these guys right and studying them what advice would you give to these younger guys that want to fight and do all this stuff um to to focus on and things to watch out for and things to just stay the heck away from as far as focusing and and what what they what they should uh work on i mean obviously work on being you know, being the 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 best top level athlete you can be, and you're I mean, if you, if you if you're a Muay Thai guy that you want to be the best striker in MMA, then then be that and focus on that, put in all the hard work cause for that, because that's what's in the cage. The stuff I would say, the stuff you should avoid uh, is uh, don't fall into this. I mean, what worked for Conor McGregor is not going to work for you. Mm. That's happening a lot now. So many guys are trying, trying to, to talk tra- trash. Trying to tra- talk trash. And, <laughs> and they're not just, good at and it. And they trash at it. <laughs> and they're not good at it. Yeah. And it's like, okay. And like, like even Chael Sonnen says, he's like, yeah, you know, like everyone knows that that's his gimmick. That's his character mm. that he does. That's how he gets eyes in, uh, to watch him. And that works for him. That's not going to work for you. A lot of people know who Fedor Emelianenko is, too. He doesn't say a word. You know, but he goes out there and he wins fights. Yep. You know, and uh, the perfect, I, I think for me, one of the guys coming up for me that everybody should watch is uh, like Brian Ortega. Oh, dude, Brian Ortega. <laughs> that's my number one guy right Cause, now, bro. Because he's, he's good. So he's, he's, not only is he good in, in the sport, but outside of it, he's doing things for kids. Yep. I mean, you know, he's just he's a the positive man, guy. Dude. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a guy that's, uh, so he's doing it right on both ends. Because, you know, you don't want to be these guys doing weird things on social media just to get... I mean, you, uh, it's part of the game, though. Like, you, ha- you have to have it's at least the basics of, of, of responding to trash talk and all that stuff. But don't make it your thing. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> when somebody shuts you up and you pick up a couple of losses, then you're not... You, it, you're just, it just doesn't matter, you know? Yeah. But, like, look at Fedor lost. Fedor lost his, that fight in... in uh, I covered that when Bellator made their first thing to Madison Square Garden last June. And he got he got knocked out. Matt Mitchell yeah. knocked him out, mm-hmm. and um, he didn't say much. I remember people at the post fight press conference said to him, "You know, do, uh, why do you keep fighting?" And he only his only response was, "Because I'm a fighter." And all the media we stood up and clapped because they were like, "What what a great answer!" Wow. He didn't he didn't knock the loss and he didn't say, give any excuses. And he's like, "Yeah, and I want to fight again too. Like this mm-hmm. is my job, you know." So so I would say, stop. The, don't don't try to be a, a caricature of what you think sells. And markets yourself. There's a, a, a welterweight I, I met when I was uh, in Brooklyn for UFC 223 with the whole bus week thing. I met this guy. He's two and O pro, and he's hustling. Like he he tell me he's telling me he's going to bartending school. His name's Tom Regale, but he fought twice in Bellator. He's got he's got 
two first round knockouts. Oh wow! Uh, he's a purple belt in jiu-jitsu. He lives in upstate New York. Drives to to Manhattan to train at Henzo's. That's insane. Yeah, yeah but look, but that's what he's doing. Yeah. That like that's the work you got to put in, you know. And he's doing what he can to keep food on the table. But I mean, he, it's funny because like when I met him. My buddy lets me crash in Brooklyn, in New York. I was like, oh, I said, let me go meet this guy. He's a fighter. And and, he, and my friend's like, he's like, you mean that guy standing over there that looks like a fighter? <laughs> because he's there jacked with the cauliflower yeah. ears. And I was just like, yeah. And then he said, that's when he told me, like, how, how he's hustling. And we told him, you know, get on Twitter. You know, just put put up training. I said, don't talk trash or, or talk yourself. Put up, put up your training footage. Let people know how serious you take it. And he's been doing it. And uh, I'm hoping he gets a fight soon. But yeah. I, I kept I kept him by sending him some stuff with PFL. I mean, if they're trying to get one seventy pounders, he's definitely one that they should look into. I mean, that'd be a nice story for a guy, yeah. you know, struggling like that to, to at least to win ten million dollars. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's one thing I, I hope the tournament catches on more because of what the pro fight league is doing. I know uh, yeah. Rick Ryzen's the only one that does it at the end of the I year. I really I really like that whole setup. The yeah. um, one prize at the end everybody's you know you got a giant bracket and people are just going yeah and, and it's there's no rankings don't matter trash talk don't matter it's <clears throat> this everyone starts and whoever makes it to the end even bellator is doing it to get a heavyweight champion this year so yeah. hopefully it it's catches good format. on yeah it's a good format yeah. wow um what about stuff that uh these these guys should be watching out for to just stay away from like uh i mean it seems like like with social media, putting too much of their of, of what they do in their own private lives can get them in trouble. Okay. So obviously, uh, you know, like, you got to be careful. And that goes just in life in general. Like, mm -hmm. you don't want to hang out with bad people, <laughs> you know, or negative people. Energy, you know? energy vampires. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and so somebody once said we were having a conversation after training. It might have been you. Like you, you, you pick up the the five personalities of the people you hang out with the most. Oh yeah, you're you are the average of the five people. Yeah. in in your circle. So yeah. you like, want a strong circle. <laughs> yeah. So like, uh, uh, and he seems like a decent dude. Like talking to him one on one or outside when you see him at media events. But like, look what happened with Dylan Dennis and and how he got uh, asked to leave Marcel's academy because mm -hmm. he's spending time with with you know Conor yeah. McGregor and those guys. And uh, and Conor McGregor does charitable things. He does nice stuff. But like I said, sometimes I think money makes people crazy. But, yeah. Um, yeah. I think uh, that's one thing they should watch out for. Just what, what you put out there. And and if 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 you're wondering the people that you're hanging out with are like, should I be doing this right now? It's probably a probably. Good <laughs> indication of you to get away from that. Person. <laughs> that's hilarious. You know what I mean? That's the <laughs> it's like. Hmm, is this is a good idea. If you're yeah. already having that thought, it's probably not a good idea, right? Yeah. And also, like... <laughs> some, like that's like, some good life advice right yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you, if you caught the news today. Like, Nick Diaz has got picked up for domestic violence oh, in I Vegas. Oh, I didn't know that, that's, no. That's hot. That's the hot yeah. trending news right now before I'm at, when I drove over here. Mm. Um, so, like, uh, Sacramento police is inv investigating Nate Diaz for the altercation he had at the Combate Americas event a couple of weeks ago. And now Nick Diaz has this thing he's got to deal with, so it's like and the, the whole the whole thug Stockton two hundred nine thing. I know that's how they grew up and stuff, but you're successful fighters now. Why would you want to keep yeah. trying to glorify that to the point that now you're in legal trouble? Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, the, with his situation, like that's new. I, like I said, it just happened as I was coming over here to record this. So, 
Hopefully, it's it's just uh, you know yes. hearsay or something like that. Because yeah. those, those, I mean, those guys, you know, they they try to mind their own business mm -hmm. most of the time. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's I think that's some really good advice. Um, yeah, it, it's uh, it, it's kind of crazy. I think in the the day and age that we live in today, it's like like put everything out there. Well, you know, I mean. In one sense, it's like, let's put all this stuff that's kind of, you know, unimportant, you know, out there or whatever, um, just to get, like, attention, yeah. you know? Um, I, yeah, you know, you got to be very careful, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> in, in just life in general, um, you know, with, with anything, you just got to be careful. Because um, once it's out there, it's out there, right? Mm -hmm. um, but... Yeah, so be careful. <laughs> and people look for things too to just to. to the the bad thing about the media is like they'll they'll look for something. It's like it's like almost like they love negativity, and they'll look for something to make to just to get headlines. And mm -hmm. and that's that's something that is so like something somebody tried to start something uh, uh, between Tyrone Woodley and um, Mike Perry. I forget what it was, but Mike Perry used the N word in a tweet to him. And, uh, you know, they're like, you know, oh, you know, like, you just called him the N-word. And Tyrone Wood was like, yeah, look, he gets a pass. I know how he grew up. That's, yeah. You know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But, like, people were ready to turn it into something. Into, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So it's, it's like you got to be careful. Like, if you're going to use social media to to push yourself as a fighter, market your name, and, and or sell a fight, then, you know, at least at least try to try to do it in the, in the, in the most... Uh, I, there's no you can't do positive trash talk but don't do it in a way that you know you you offend uh, like uh, people or, or say something crazy <laughs> tire race people <laughs> yeah 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 I think at the end of the day uh, people respect you when you're just yourself yeah you know just be yourself you know I mean that's how I got my uh, fiance <laughs> yeah you know it's like and, it, and talking about John Jones that's one thing like John when John Jones won the title people were making fun of him when he tried to be like Captain America and then he was doing <clears throat> analyst stuff and they're like yeah he sucks at it he started making fun of him and then but then when he started letting himself come out like you know what like I know I'm the best fighter out there and I'll take anybody in the DX suck it people still love him yeah yeah he, they booed Daniel Cormier in New York for the UFC 200 press, mm -hmm. I was there for that too, and they did that at Madison Square Garden at the Hulu Theater when I went there for that press conference. And John Jones was fresh off the the car accident thing, and 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 people were booing Daniel Cormier, <laughs> and I was just like, wow. So being yourself, there's something to be said for being yourself. Yeah. If that's the type of person you are, and and you're not afraid to hide it, people look up to that. Gen yeah, genuineness. I think a lot of it's because a lot of people are afraid to, you know, portray themselves. Yeah. Who they really are so when they see somebody do it they're it's it's almost like whoa like you know yeah. that's so awesome <laughs> yeah like you know i want that but um yeah unfortunately you know there are some guys that you know um have you know in different interesting personas you know mm -hmm. sometimes it can be negative sometimes it can be positive you know but at the end of the day i think being yourself you know and and then learning and evolving you know i think i think yeah. when you're when you're a character and you stay that character um, as time progresses, uh, you know that usually that's not a good thing. You know, typically you want to mature, grow up, yeah, know, and stuff. But and I think I think I, I watched the last Joe Rogan, um, John Jones. Uh, I think it was his uh, podcast for. I think he's doing like an MMA. Um, 
uh, I forget what it's called, it's like Joe Rogan MMA experience or something like that. Yeah. But, um, he interviewed John Jones, and it looks like he's learning a lot from all of his nonsense, you know. And he's a young guy. He's still in his athletic prime. He can yeah. come back like that, you know, and and, yeah. and kill everybody. And that's so. the thing too, like like like, you know, we just talked about when we started talking about this, like when we were talking about how we came into martial arts and how we know each other and stuff, the stuff you went through. Like we we were young when we went through that. Exactly. You, you kind of have to walk involved. through some fire yep. to learn how to not get burned. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Yep. So. Um, we're coming to close to the end. Uh, I wanted to get into advice that you would give to those interested in getting into coverage of media, sports, and stuff like that. Um, how you got into it, you you know, uh, you got lucky, I guess, uh, in a sense. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know, like, yeah. to really call it. Like, you found a connection. It was open doors, an opportunity, and you went for it. Um, and now you're, you know, you did a great job. Yeah, but it's a grind right. too. Like exactly, like, yeah. Yeah, you have to. There's a lot of competition. And it's a grind, and like anything, like 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 training, you know, like you know, you, you don't get the black belt by not showing up to class. Yeah. So you have to put in the work. Like I, I like I told you before I came here, I, I had to publish stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's Memorial Day. Everyone's getting rid of barbecue and stuff like that. Like like I. I have to stay up late at night, you know, writing stuff when yeah. flights are over. So that's the real stuff. Yeah, that's that's yeah. that's the hard work that you have to do. And just, I mean, if you if you if anyone interested in doing it, uh, it's a weird time in that business because there's this thing they call the pivot that that a lot of like a lot of good writers lost their jobs at like Fox Sports and Vice, mm -hmm. Fightland, and uh, um, they only kept like one good writer at all these places or or, or not at all. Jack. Um Oh my gosh, was Jack Slack. Yeah. That's my dude. Yeah, but but I think he's. Only, I mean, they have other people that write there, but they lost a lot of like Damon Martin. Me and Damon Martin, he used to he worked he did the UFC for Fox Sports, and now he and I both work at <laughs> MMA News. Oh wow! You know what I mean? And we write for them, and but he still has his connection, so he still gets good fighter interviews and stuff like that. And he still does it, even though he lost that. So now he does it for he's like me, which seems to be the new thing. Like like, don't just marry one outlet. If you can do it right for four, five, six outlets, James Lynch, the guy that the guy uh, that does a lot of video interviews, I think he contributes to eight or nine outlets right now. Oh my gosh! But he yeah. he's actually was able to quit his day job to mm -hmm. do it. So that's that's like the goal for me. Yeah. Um, but it's it's definitely like uh like anything else you just have to keep doing it but to get started in it um, yeah. find somebody find somebody that that's like-minded that wants to that that takes it as serious as you do and is willing willing to to be a professional with you even if you're not making money any money off of it you gotta you gotta treat it like a job and always be professional because there's people i can tell you that do that 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 are doing it and are are just <laughs> they're horrible at it and and they're not in it for the sport or the fighters or, mm. or the or the promotions they're in it they're in it so they can take selfies in the arena and say hey look at me wow. and and that's one of the things that that's that it's actually frowned upon i mean it's unprofessional i mean you can't fanboy out it's funny that that, that i'm talking about it because uh, the guy I just mentioned james lynch he has a really good podcast called the, that he does on fightful online called the mma industry podcast and he interviews people like the way we're doing this now, and and that always has to that always seems to come up because there's people there's people that do it and they're kind of annoying. Like when you're there to do your job, 
and they're 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 trying to chat it up with you. Like I've actually had to say, like, you mind if I watch this fight? Because I'm trying. <laughs> like you're talking to me about stuff in my ear, and I'm here to cover. Like I'm here. I'm here because the promotion was nice enough to grant me a credential, yeah. so I can sit Cade side. And you want to hang out like it's a party for yourself, you know? And that's really annoying to them and and to the people that like myself that are trying to make something out of it. Yeah, you know. So if you're gonna do it, be serious about it. You can have fun with it. I have fun with it. I enjoy. It. I actually, I never get tired on fight night. Surprisingly enough, like <laughs> that's like almost a ten hour day. Yeah. And 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 you know you're sitting you're sitting next to the. You know, I get out of the of these arenas like a two, three, four o'clock in the morning because we're on the east coast coast when they finish. And I'm not tired until I get to the hotel room, you know, oh. it, that's when it hits me, but because I love it so much, but you have to, you have to treat it like that. I mean, there's people, uh, there's people, I got stories, man. There's so many, like, I remember one guy eating an ice cream cone <laughs> and he's like, he went and got an ice cream cone and dropped his thing all over it. And it's like, you're not there to oh hang out, gosh, bro. People yeah. that drink in the media row, it's like, come on, man. I mean, some people are, some promotions are really good about tossing them right away mm -hmm. and you never see them again. That was the thing Jose Young's over at uh, Fansite, he's the, he's the editor there. When they were talking about it, because uh, you can send questions in when they're doing the live podcast, so I, since I know them, I asked them, and I said, what do you, how do you let those people know? And he said, you know what, you can let them know however you want, but eventually you won't see them anymore. Yeah. And he's right, because I, I, the, the guy with the ice cream cone, I've never seen him again. Mm -hmm. But some people, it's like, you know, you're lucky enough, you, you found a way to finagle in and get yourself a credential. And, and you're trying to have your own little private party and, and, and put it on Snapchat and say, hey, look at me. I would say absolutely don't do that. Take it seriously. Treat it like a job. The money will come, like, the money will come, you know, if you do that. Yeah. What about, like, getting into that uh, realm? Do you, you know, do you reach out to these websites and say, hey, I would like to, you know, write something? Like, yeah. How do you even get that opportunity? I know for you, somebody reached out to you, but yeah, but but then when I had to go hunting on my own after that thing oh, yeah, happened, yeah. how how uh, how did you go about? You hunting? can go to most of these websites that you go to, if you if you if you scroll past their headlines and stuff, you'll see a contact us section, or they'll even say write for us. Oh, and okay. You click in that, submit your info. Somebody will get back to you, and they'll say send me some drafts, send me some samples of your work, or send me something, or write me something. And, uh, you know, they'll look it over and, uh, you know, they'll let you know, like, hey, come on board, you know. And, and the, more, the more work you put out, the more people will know, even if you're like, I don't consider myself that well known. But when I go to events, people, people call, hey, Carbazel, my Twitter handle, hey, Carbazel, what's up? And, I'm, and I actually started to respond to it recently because now I'm just like, oh, hey, what's up, man? That's funny. Yeah, it is. It's, it's funny. But like, you're not, you're not doing it to get famous or whatever, but yeah. they're acknowledging that they know your work, mm -hmm. you know, like, like, uh. I do these uh, for the pay-per-views. I do this thing called MMA Forethought, um, and then it's the, the number, the UFC 223, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, it's just my my prediction piece or whatever I do for them. But uh, people read them and and say, "Oh, I really liked it." Oh, you're pretty close. You're pretty spot on. Or hey, you messed up, you know. Like, <laughs> and uh, but it's nice to hear that people are reading it. Yeah, you know, and, and then they know they you from that. Work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's. Like it's again, it's a grind. Like no one's gonna know it. In if you don't, if you, if you write it and do nothing with it. Like if you write, you if you write something down and then you put it. I had a friend that wrote a lot. Guy I went to high school with. He was a really good writer. He wrote a lot, but he wrote it and he put it in a book and. <laughs> yeah, and it's like nobody, you know, he would let me read it. Yeah. But I, I'd always say do something with it. No, no. no. <laughs> it's like all right, well, the, so once you get in, 
anywhere, even if it's a, a, a no-name website. That you, you know, have somewhere to begin. Just uh, just get your content out there and then use social media to get people to read your stuff. Like I said, uh, Twitter's really big. Having a strong that, Twitter. And that's account. why Twitter is so big for writers because it's like, here's my latest piece. You know, let me know what you think. You ask for feedback. Mm. Interact with people. There's a comments thing usually on, on the site itself. I mean, I get flamed on Shirt Dog. People take my stuff apart. <laughs> like, what do you know? What do you know? Even though in my bio it says, yeah, 20 years training black belt jiu-jitsu. Oh, you don't know anything. I'm like, all right. I mean, and I know that's probably coming from a guy 300 pounds. You know what I mean? Greasy. But, but it's like, but I mean, you know, I just, I let it roll off my back. And, and I'm happy to discuss it with them, though. But then... Even if the even the person is like a, a troll or a hater, they're like, you know what though, he talked about it with me, so I'm gonna read his next article, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. So it's it's definitely uh, I mean you gotta have a thick skin too because I've been called some, you know. Oh some, yeah. yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. You have to have a thick skin, and then sometimes you know, and you can't take anything personal, especially during fight week if you're gonna do combat sports like fighters cutting. You know, fighters cutting weight because uh, you compete yourself and you cut weight. You're not always in the best mood. You're hungry. You're oh my hungry. gosh! I'm just like shut, shut up, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Shut don't, up. don't mention food. Get yeah. away from me. Yeah. So <laughs> I remember Roy McDonald. It was at UFC 189. That fight that he had. It was that week. The fight that he had a Robbie Lawler. That everybody. Uh -huh. One of the best. That was ever. like one of the best fights in history, man. But he was. Uh, he was. He came out of one of the media things with a, a jug of water and some guy was like hey Rory can I get your autograph and he just did one of these <laughs> and I, I know from training and knowing guys that cut weight and stuff I'm like yeah he's he's struggling so like let him just let him cool off and yeah. you know get to his fight you know one of my favorite uh cutting weight stories was with uh Brian and Ricardo Ricardo uh Romero was, was one of our um uh, fighters that made it to the UFC mm -hmm. out of advanced and um yeah, beat Seth Petrozuli a lot of people don't recognize that, yeah that was a crazy that's the guy that beat match. Kimbo Slice so that's a yep. good win for Ricardo but um man what a funny story so they were they were going off to make weight um and then Ricardo was in his sauna suit and Brian's cranking up the heat in the car they're driving and then um, Ryan's like, oh, I got to get something from uh, the store real quick. He comes back with a full, like, 18-inch sub or whatever. Oh, wow. And he's just eating it in front of Ricardo. And you just see Ricardo just getting crazy. Like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yo, Brian don't care. Yo, Brian's so funny, man. Dude, Brian's so That's funny, up, bro. Yeah, I love it, though. But, um, yeah, so the last thing is what I always like to end off with is um, – what is something quirky about you? Like, you do writing, um, you you watch a ton of fights, ton of uh, MMA stuff and uh, boxing, you follow all these things, um, and then you train yourself. You train jujitsu and you know, you do all your, you do all your uh, strength and conditioning work and all that kind of stuff. What's something that people would never be able to put you know, a like something on you. It's just like, I mean, Nate was like, oh, he plays uh, PUBG. Um, I think the biggest one was Ron when he was like, he like he he's a big fan of Magic: The Gathering. I was I was like, what? <laughs> but something wow. quirky about you. That's that's a good question because I feel like I, I I let the writing take over. I mean, the martial arts take over so much lately. I haven't really ventured out into. I'm writing some. I mean, well, it's still writing though. So I'm a big fan of. So I'm a big fan of horror. 
Oh, okay. Like I love horror films. Like B B horror flicks, like like any horror, <laughs> indie, indie horror. B, okay. Uh, actually, the, the, uh, one of the I things, am too. I, I I love horror, but one of the things that helped me uh, understand web publishing as a, a, a like the way it works was uh, I had a, when I was finishing college, I took a market a, a, a digital marketing course, mm -hmm. and one of the things they had you do was uh, uh, you know make a website, you know a simple website. So I did that. I still have it up. And that's where I that's where I go to write about horror movies and stuff oh, that's like funny. that. It has an MMA section too that obviously <clears throat> it, it kind of floods the site sometimes. But <laughs> but like I get credential for horror conventions and comic cons and stuff like that. <laughs> so funny. So I, I I I like that stuff though. I like all the geek stuff. I mean, what's your what's some of your favorites? From what from the my horror, horror. horror film? My absolute favorite horror film is John Carpenter's The Thing from 1982. Oh, that's like uh, yeah, that was. The one of the wildest movies, right? The, the, that was the one when they were stuck in the Arctic or something mm -hmm. like that, right? Yeah. And then, they were, oh man, that movie. I have the board was game. So trippy, <laughs> yeah, dude. That movie was insane. So, like, they try to recreate it too. I think. Well, they, it's, it, it's not a re. It's a see. That's that's a, a common mistake. Oh, okay, okay. That film, the 2012 film that you're referring to, which is also called the thing. Yeah. Um, is the prequel. To, oh, it's the prequel. So you can actually watch that movie and then watch the 1982 yeah. movie and it's one continuous. Oh, wow. That's insane. Yeah. And they did it so well that there's the things that happened in that 2012 movie, they ma actually matched it shot for shot to things in the 1982 Dang. movie. So like there's an axe in the wall that Kurt Russell finds in the 1982 movie and uh, huh. they they show how that axe get put in the wall in the 2012 movie. Wow. So it's crazy that that movie from 1982 it has this 2012 movie as its as its prequel. Yeah. But they do a really good job of it. I mean, and the movie because so many people thought it was a remake, it, it didn't get the it didn't get the exposure that I wanted it to get. Mm. But like as a hardcore fan of that movie, like I actually have the box Blu-ray the two movies <laughs> together. Yeah. Because I'll sit like when I'm snowed in in the winter when we get the bad storms we get around here, I'll pop them in <laughs> and watch the whole thing straight through. But yeah, yeah uh, like. Uh, and it, and it all, it's all storytelling, so it's for, it always goes back to writing for me. Yeah. So I'm actually working on a book myself, a, a work of fiction. Oh, really? And it's uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not, oh, not, not not to give away too much, but it, it's a it's it touches on horror, but it's it's like a detective story. Okay. And uh, but uh, I haven't I haven't been able to finish it because I'm always keeping up with mm -hmm. MMA and writing for four sites. The book's been shelved for now. Yeah. But I'm almost done with it. Well. I definitely want a copy of that because oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's funny because when you create something, you know, there's pieces of yourself in it. Yeah. You know, like this thing you're doing, this is obviously because of your journey through through martial arts and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So there's a piece of you in it. So, like, even though this is a work of fiction, there's there's pieces from my life in it. There's there's characters in the story that are that you'll be like, hey, is that me? <laughs> that's that's me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So That's awesome. Um, so yeah, uh, thank you so much for doing the episode. Uh, I always, you know, lots of wisdom from you. Um, what, if you don't mind, like, how old are you? I'm, uh, I'll be 43 in October. Yeah, dude, that's incredible. You yeah. know, uh, you have a very long, um, journey with martial arts. And, yeah, half uh, my life, man. Yeah. yeah. And then now you're, you know, um, dive deep into the 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 whole covering everything and, and with mma um 
Yeah, you, it's it's pretty incredible, man. I, Thank I, you, man. I appreciate you including you. me in this because uh, yeah. when you told me about this project, I was I was definitely excited to hear you doing it, and then when you asked me to be a part of it, I was honored to do it so yeah. it's, no, I it's always it. an honor to train with you too so yeah, thank, thank you. you so much yeah so uh what was your twitter account again i'm gonna i'm probably gonna put it in the description it's uh, uh at carbazel c-a-r-b-a-z-e-l okay and then uh if you want to follow any of my coverage of the sport obviously uh frontproofmedia.com is uh they mostly do boxing but i i carry mma there um, my MMA news, MMAnews.com, and, and SureDog is probably the oldest. Everybody knows SureDog. Yeah. SureDog.com. I do my, uh, they, they have my op-eds the middle of the week every week. Oh, that's awesome. So now you get a face to the writer, right? Yeah. And you know what's funny is uh, Jack Slack. Um, I still don't know what he looks like. I don't think anybody knows what he No, he, he does that on purpose. <laughs> yeah, he, like, he's like, like a legit high. So that's... So. That's one thing, like, people don't want to, like, like if you're going to get credential, eventually your face is going to get on TV. Yeah. I've been on TV more than I want to. Mm -hmm. I shared it on Facebook the other day, Bellator 163. I, I was shooting cage side for that. <laughs> and I'm not a photographer, but it just so happened. They're like, you know, this is how we can get you in. And I had a camera, so I was like, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. You know, but, uh, like, I was on TV, and I'm like, damn it. I, don't, I actually don't like being on TV. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't like being recorded and stuff like that, but I'm, now I'm used to it, so mm -hmm. now I don't care anymore. Well, yeah, you're definitely getting recorded now. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> but, like, now I'm used to it, so now I'm like, all right, yeah, you can see my ugly face. That's fine. That's fine. Hopefully it gets me girls. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Well, thank you right, so much thank for the you, show. Thank you, man. Appreciate and, uh, it. And, yeah, get home safe. All right. So we're good. What's up, everyone? Thanks so much for watching the episode. If you liked what you saw, make sure to subscribe, comment, like, and definitely share because you never know who this could help. If you'd like to buy any of the products that were discussed, the links are all available in the description below under the video. Make sure to use my links so that I can get paid. And if you'd like to further support what I'm doing, you can send me Bitcoin and Litecoin to my wallet addresses that are also in the description. Thank you all again so much for watching and your support for the project. Peace.